Just a heads up, I wasn't able to record in my studio this week, so the podcast sounds a little bit different than it normally does. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Thanks for your patience while I figure stuff out. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Melissa with Mixin' Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Welcome! I'm so happy that you're here. So, how's your week been going? My last week has been a whirlwind. I was in California for hotel tours and I got to check out Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood last week and then I rushed home to celebrate my daughter's birthday and tomorrow I head back to California to check out the new Princess Night at Disneyland and the Food and Wine Festival. So, it's been so busy but really good. I saw this meme a while back that said something like being an adult is just saying but after next week things are really going to slow down every single week until you die and I kind of feel like that's where I am right now just rushing around trying to accomplish everything but thinking after next week things really are going to slow down but I, I think things might slow down next week. We will see. I've got a really fun show planned for you today. I'm excited to share all about my trip to Universal Studios Hollywood and my first time in Super Nintendo World. So I was invited on this trip by Getaway Today and Universal Studios Hollywood and it was a whirlwind trip. We jam-packed everything possible into it but it was a lot of fun. So I arrived at my hotel with just barely enough time to drop off my bags and then head off on some more hotel tours. So I have stayed or toured at over 40 properties around Disneyland and I thought it might be nice to include a little hotel review segment in the show and hopefully this will help you decide where you'd like to stay on your visit to the Disneyland Resort area. And this week I'm going to review the ALO. I stayed at this property last week on my trip. Now I wasn't sure if you pronounced it ALO or ALO, but I had to ask the employees there and they said it's ALO. It stands for Anaheim Loves Orange. So the ALO is a sister property to the heirs. heirs. I had a hard time saying that one too. That one is A-Y-R-E-S the Ayers Hotel that is right next door. And they are a small family owned and operated hotel chain. So I stayed in a standard two queen deluxe room. They also offer a king bed and sofa sleeper room. This European style style hotel is located just about two miles from Disneyland. So it's not quite within walking distance, but they do have an art shuttle stop right in front of the property, which is really nice. You don't have to walk anywhere to get to the art. You just walk right out of your hotel and it's there. Each room has a mini fridge and they will also put a microwave in your room upon request. This property also has a free hot buffet style breakfast that begins at 7 a.m. each day. 
Now, this property considers itself to be a moderate property, but based on the prices, I feel like it's closer to a value property. It was clean, it was comfortable, I thought the beds had just the right amount of firmness, and I actually really loved the pillows. Sometimes you get a hotel that doesn't have great pillows, but I really loved the pillows at the AOL. The pool was nice. It was nothing special, but your kids will totally enjoy it. The hot breakfast was adequate. I didn't, I'm not going to say that it blew me away because it didn't, but it was fine. They had cereal and bagels and eggs, hash browns, sausage, and some fruit. Nothing special, but totally got the job done. I did wish they had a waffle maker, but that's just because I'm obsessed with hotel waffles. What are you going to do? This property, like I said, is on the lower end price-wise, but was still a really nice place to stay. So definitely, if you're looking for budget area hotels around Disneyland, check it out. I would happily stay here again, and I will put a link that you can check out prices in the show notes. Before we move on, I'd like to read a review. Podcast reviews really help me grow, and I appreciate it so much when you take the time to leave a review. This review comes from HNB6458. It says, I'm obsessed. I'm a self-proclaimed Disney World expert, but have never made it out to Disneyland. I found her IG account and can't even tell you how fast I ran to subscribe to her podcast. I started at the newest episode and have worked backward through 33 episodes so far to prepare for our first trip. I have learned so much and can't wait to try everything I've learned. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. If you're listening on a podcast platform, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps my podcast grow, and I appreciate it so much. There's not really much Disney news to talk about this week, so let's head right into our Q&A portion. Remember that you can send me an email with your question. Just reach out at melissa at mixinsomemagic.com. You just put podcast question in the title so I can easily find it. Or you can send me a voicemail with your question using the link in the show notes. That's my very favorite when you send me your question via voice form. (laughs) I would love it if you choose this option. It's so fun for me to hear your actual voice and to be able to put your question on the show and answer it that way. So here's the question for today. Sarah G says, heading to Disneyland in a few weeks. My neighbor is saying I should rope drop Rise of the Resistance. I've heard you say not to. Why shouldn't I rope drop that ride? Thank you for your question, Sarah. Okay, so for most people, rope dropping Rise of the Resistance isn't a great idea. First of all, guests staying on property at Disneyland Resort Hotels They get early entry, which means that they are going to have a jump on the Rise of the Resistance line. So they're going to have about a one minute, maybe even longer sometimes, head start on all the regular guests. So this means that the line will already be filling up with early entry guests by the time you arrive. So that's kind of a strike against it right from the beginning. Next. Everyone seems to think that this is a great idea. So everyone is heading to that ride and many people will end up waiting even longer than they would if they had just waited until later in the day. So you'll end up spending prime rope drop time 
stuck in a 40 to 60 minute line for Rise of the Resistance and you're going to miss out on all the walk-on times for other attractions. So in the time you're waiting for Rise, you could have walked on four to five other attractions and I just don't feel like that is a good use of your morning time, especially if you have a stroller. If you have a stroller, please, please don't attempt to rope drop Rise of the Resistance. By the time you park the stroller, unload your kids, and then walk back to the end of the line, it's going to be over an hour wait. I do not want you wasting an hour in line for Rise of the Resistance. Now, if you happen to have all adults or older teenagers and you are right at the front of rope drop, like you can actually see the rope, you could touch the rope and you can walk super fast and don't mind a little stress in your life, then go for it. Then I'm okay with you attempting to rope drop Rise of the Resistance. But you're not going to be the first in line. You're still probably going to have a 20 to 30 minute wait But if that's your situation and you're determined to do it, then that is the only way I would even try to rope drop Rise of the Resistance. I don't know how it will turn out for you, but you have a better better chance of doing it successfully than a family with a bunch of little kids and a stroller. So that brings me to when should you ride Rise of the Resistance? So right now there are two options to ride. You can either purchase an individual lightning lane Usually it's about $20 per person. That does get you on the ride extremely quickly, or you can wait standby. And I almost always wait standby. And I have this little strategy that has worked so well for me. So what I recommend doing is jumping in line right before the attraction closes. This attraction closes earlier than other attractions in the park. So make sure you check the app to see what time it closes on the day you're visiting. Usually it's around 8 or 9 p.m. So check the app so you know what time it's going to close. And then I want you to jump in line like right before it closes. Five minutes before it closes, 10 minutes. Whenever you get there, jump in line because once the attraction closes, everyone who's still in line still gets to ride but when it's closed, they stop letting in purchase lightning lanes. And this means that the standby line starts moving really, really quickly because they're not stopping it to let in lightning lanes and then starting it up again. So it moves quickly. I usually end up waiting about 40 minutes when I go this route. And I think that's a good use of my time because I then I got to rope drop. I got to hit all of those attractions earlier in the day with short wait times and then I don't wait too long for Rise of the Resistance later in the day. So this is what I recommend doing. I really think it's the best Rise of the Resistance rope drop plan. Okay, let's get back to my trip re- review. I kind of got distracted with questions and reviews, but here we go. I went on all the hotel tours and I really enjoy hotel tours. So I think we did eight hotels total. A few of them I had already been to, a few were new, but we got some hotel hotel tours in and I got back to my room at the ALO around 9 p.m. and I had to be up and ready to go at 7 a.m. to head to Universal Studios Hollywood. Now, Universal Studios Hollywood, when you look at the map, it says it's about 45 miles from Disneyland. And a lot of people think, oh, that's not bad. We'll just drive there real quick. I have made this mistake. I thought, oh, 45 miles? No problem. We'll be there maybe about an hour. That's not always the case. 
Sometimes if you hit it right, you can make it in an hour, but more often than than not, it's more like an hour and a half to two hours because of the traffic through LA. So if you're traveling from Anaheim, make sure you plan for traffic time. I rode on the Carmel shuttle, and this is a really great option for transportation to Universal Studios Hollywood. They also do pickup and drop-offs from airports. They'll take you to any of the Anaheim area hotels. And this is a great option for families who maybe don't fit in an Uber. And I really like the Carmel shuttle system. So they charge a flat rate no matter how many people you have, which I like as well. I will put a link in the show notes so you can check them out. It might be a good option for you. Even if you're not traveling to Universal Studios, it might be a good option for you if you need to be picked up from the airport or taken to the airport for your vacation. So it took us one hour and 40 minutes to drive to Universal Studios Hollywood from Anaheim. And once we arrived, we went through security. Security at Universal Studios is a totally different experience than security at Disneyland. At Disneyland, they go through your bags individually. One of the security um, cast members goes through your bag and then you go through the metal detector. But at Universal Studios Hollywood, then you put your bag through the little x-ray machine, kind of like we do at the airport and then you walk through the metal detector. So I feel like it goes a lot quicker this way because the cast members aren't going through bags one at a time, they're going through the machine. So we got through security really quickly and then we were given power-up bands. And these are like high-tech slap bracelets that you can use to play interactive games in Super Nintendo World. They're pretty cool. So I chose the Mario band per my son's request I said, if I get a power-up band, which one should I pick? And he said, Mario. So with the bands, then you can play these interactive games. So the idea is that Bowser Jr. has stolen the golden mushroom and using your power-up band, you can retrieve the golden mushroom for Princess Peach by playing interactive games throughout the land and collecting digital keys in order to unlock a final shadow showdown with Bowser Jr. So there's four interactive games you can play throughout Super Nintendo World and once you've played them or played at least three of them, when you play them you collect a key. So when you've collected three keys with your band, you'll get the chance to confront Bowser Jr. to recover the gold, the stolen golden mushroom in a final shadow showdown. So it's pretty cute. I didn't get a chance to play it because we were pressed for time, but I'm definitely gonna make sure we do it with our kids when we head back. The power band also doubles as an amiibo if you have a Nintendo Switch, which is pretty cool. They cost $40 and are a fun addition to your trip, but they aren't necessary. They're fun, but you don't have to have one to have a good time at Super Nintendo World. So after we got our power-up bands, then we met our Universal Studios Hollywood contact and she took us into the park. We went straight to Super Nintendo World. It's located on the lower lot. So there's two lots at Universal Studios Hollywood. There's an upper lot and a lower lot. Super Mario World is located on the lower lot. You take a series of escalators down to the lower lot and you can take strollers down the escalators too, which I find interesting. Um, there are elevators available for EVCs and wheelchairs, but it is a long wait for the elevators usually, and I think maybe that's why they allow strollers on the escalators. 
So I was pretty excited to check out Super Mario World. On really busy days, then it can reach capacity. So sometimes they have a virtual queue in place in order to enter Super Mario World. That's not what it's called, Super Nintendo World. Um, and you enter the virtual queue using the Universal Studios app. And then it gives you a return time that you can enter the land. But it's not a return time for the attraction there, just a return time to enter the land. However, if you do have a Universal Express Pass ticket, then you can enter Super Nintendo World anytime without using the virtual queue. And we will talk more about the Express Pass in a little bit. So the day I was visiting, there was no virtual queue, so we were able to walk right into the land, and they totally nailed the entrance. It's impressive. There's this great photo op with the green tubes. I don't know what they're called. So I apologize in advance to all the Nintendo fans, including my children, for my lack of knowledge about the correct terms of all things Nintendo. But anyway, you enter this giant green tube that's the entrance to the world. And it makes a pretty great first impression since you can't see any part of the land until you walk through this tube where you're kind of like transported via this warp tunnel. Is that what it's called? I think it's called a warp tunnel. I might have made that up though. But that's what it felt like. So you're transported through this warp tunnel into Super Nintendo World. And as soon as you step out, you feel just like you've been sucked into a Super Mario video game. The sights and sounds brought back so many memories from my childhood because I grew up playing the original Mario Brothers and I was actually pretty good. I don't want to brag, but I was pretty good. The land is small and there's really a lot to take in. So even though it's small, there's so much going on, you're going to want to block out some time to spend here checking it all out. Any Nintendo fan is going to enjoy every aspect of this land. The main attraction of Super, Super Nintendo World is Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. This is a fun interactive ride that everyone in your family will love. And because this land just opened, the line for this attraction can get really long, often over 90 minutes. I expect that won't always be the case. I, I'm hoping that after a while this wait time will go down over time. But lucky for us, the queue is pretty amazing. So even though you have to wait in a long line, it's really awesome. So it takes you through the inside of Bowser's Castle and there's so much to look at while you're waiting. Also, most of the queue is indoors, which is really, really nice, especially on hot days. So once you make it through the queue, you're given a Mario visor. You'll put it on and use a knob on the back to tighten it up. And then you're taken into a room where there's a short instructional video that you should pay attention to. I got a little confused. There's several TV screens around the room. And the, the cast member said, all right, pay attention. The video's starting. And I stared at one of the screens and nothing happened. It was just kind of playing the same thing over and over again. And I was just watching it, waiting for them to start the video. And then all of a sudden I clued in that it was showing on the screen behind me. And I had to turn around. And like an idiot, everyone's watching it. And I'm just focused on the wrong screen. So when they talk about the video, look at the very biggest screen because there's important information on the biggest screen 
that you don't want to miss. Anyway, I got it all figured out. It was fine. After that, you will board your Mario Kart and there's this eyepiece that magnetically clips to your visor once you're in the vehicle. So you have your visor on, the magnetic piece kind of like, it's almost like sunglasses, but it just clips right over to the front, right to the front of your visor. And at this point, you can scan your power-up band on the steering wheel so that it will transfer any coins you collect during the ride to your power-up band. I had a little trouble with this part too. So I got in, I'm scanning my power up band and I can't get it to do anything. You do it right on the steering wheel. And I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it worked. I, I didn't get any indication that it worked. So I just moved on. The ride started and I totally enjoyed it. It was such a fun ride. I don't want to give any spoilers but I wish I had time to write it again because it took me a bit to kind of get my bearings, but it was really fun. And so anyway, the ride ended and I was trying again to scan my power-up band and I said to my friend who was sitting next to me, I said, I can't get my power-up band to scan. And my friend looked at me, I showed her how it wasn't working and she goes, that's your Apple Watch. So I was sitting there trying to scan my Apple Watch the whole time. No wonder it wasn't working. But by that time, by the time I figured out I was using the wrong hand, it was too late. The ride was over. So I didn't get my points on my power-up band. <laughs> oh, dear. Now I know, though. I'll pay close attention to that next time. There is a height requirement. You must be 40 inches to ride this attraction. And as you're entering the line, there is a test vehicle to the sides for guests who would like to test out the ride vehicle before deciding whether or not to ride. So that's pretty nice. After the ride, we got to have lunch at Toadstool Cafe. And this place was a highlight of the day for me. So here's the description from the Universal of the Universal Studios Hollywood website. It says, indulge in Chef Toad's tasty creations at Toadstool Cafe. Inside the Toad House is Toadstool Cafe. Indulge in tasty dishes crafted by Chef Toad and watch playful scenery of the Mushroom Kingdom through the windows. Chef Toad's menu even offers gluten-free and vegetarian options. There was tons of delicious food to choose from. They are open for lunch and dinner. I had the toadstool cheesy garlic knots, which are mini mushroom shaped knots brushed with garlic, butter, Parmesan cheese, parsley, and a side of marinara sauce. They were very good. I also had the creamy mushroom soup with super mushroom crackers. It was absolutely adorable. They brought it in this like plastic, Mario mushroom. See, I don't know the words. Are they toadstools? Are they mushrooms? I don't know. It's the thing that gives you an extra life. The red one. You know what I'm talking about? They brought it in that and you take off the lid and then the soup is inside and it had these little crackers that were shaped like the little mushroom things too from the game. It was so cute. The soup was delicious. I was really happy with that. And I also got a Princess Peach cupcake, which was so adorable. And it was also really good. It was raspberry filled funfetti cake, buttercream frosting, and a Princess Peach chocolate crown. So I loved how themed the food was and it was all really good. All the people that I was with got all different things and everyone was really happy with their food. They even have a Mario burger which is bacon, mushroom, and cheese. 
It's an all-beef patty, bacon, mushrooms, lettuce, tomato, and American cheese served on a bun with a side of truffle french fries. The cutest thing about this Mario burger was it had a little Mario plastic hat on top of it, and it had this dark mushroom, mushroom, had this dark mustache. <laughs> I've got mushrooms on my brain. It had this dark mustache on top of the bun. It was absolutely so cute, and your kids are going to love it. They also do have kids' meal options like mini burgers and spaghetti. It's really a fun place. You really, you have to eat there if you're visiting. You really have to. Because it is so popular right now, and I anticipate it being popular for a really long time because it's that great, you do have to put your name on the wait list once you arrive in the land. There are no reservations that you can make online. So once you ride, arrive in the land, I re recommend doing this first thing. Go right to Toadstool Cafe, put your name on the virtual wait list, and then you can go enjoy the ride and the games while you're waiting for your return time. Once you're called back to the restaurant, then you'll get in line where you'll order your food. So you order while you're in line, and once it's your turn, then you'll be escorted to a table and your food will be brought to you. And I really love this, especially for families, because I know I've talked about it a million times. One of the worst things in the world is standing there with trays of food, with all your little kids, everyone's starving, there's people everywhere, and you cannot find a table to sit at. I hate that. It's like so stressful. And so this system works really well because you don't have to deal with any of that. They seat you at a table that fits your group perfectly and then they bring you your food that you already ordered. Perfect, perfect, I love it. After lunch though, I had a tough call to make so I could continue exploring Super Nintendo World and playing games with my Power Up Band because I hadn't been able to play any games yet or I could check out the other parts of the park. And I only had four hours left because we had an early dinner scheduled at the Universal City Walk. So I opted to go check out the rest of the park. I decided to ride Jurassic World and The Mummy since they were on the lower lot and it does take a while to ride all the escalators down to the lower lot. So we knocked out Jurassic World, which is such a fun ride, and The Mummy, which is also a very fun ride. And then we headed back up to the upper lot for the studio tour. The back lot studio tour is one of my favorite parts of Universal Studios Hollywood. It's the only place you can find the studio tour as in Hollywood at Universal Studios. And it kind of takes you around some different movie sets. And I mean, you go past the set of Jaws and you get to see some special effects from the King Kong movie. There's 3D components. It's just a lot of fun and it's well worth your time. It is 60 minutes, but it's a nice way to take a break. You just get to ride on this bus. You can bring food and drinks on with you. So highly recommend the studio tour. It is well worth your time. After that, I stopped into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and got some hot butterbeer because I believe the hot is the only way to drink it, in my opinion. I don't know. I just like it better. The frozen is too sweet for me. So is the cold. I just like the hot one. You can only get the hot one inside the three broomsticks, though. They do have a little stand outside in Harry Potter World for the cold and the frozen, but if you want the hot, you have to go inside the three broomsticks.
So I did that. I got my hot butter beer and we browsed some shops. We rode Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey and Flight of the Hippogriff, both very fun. But at this point I was running out of time and I really wanted to ride The Secret Life of Pets off the leash. It's a newer attraction that I hadn't been on yet. And so I did that one and it was pretty cute. I don't really remember that movie. So I'm not sure if it followed the story of the movie or not. But it was really cute. Your kids will love it. That one was fun. So I felt like I rushed around all day and I didn't get to see or do all the things I wanted to because I always want to see and do everything. And just some days it just doesn't work out. I did have the Universal Express Pass ticket, which means I got to enter each attraction minus Mario Kart through the Express line one time each day. So that's a really nice perk. It's kind of like Genie Plus, but because it's a lot more expensive than Genie Plus, not as many people do it, which means when you enter the express line, you almost always walk on each attraction. It's a very quick wait. It really cuts your wait time down by a ton. So it was really nice to have, especially since we only had one day and we really did walk on just about every attraction because we had the Universal Express Pass. We did wait a little bit for the Secret Life of Pets, but probably only like 10 minutes, so it wasn't bad at all. The Universal Express Pass usually costs about $100 more per day than the regular ticket, so it is expensive. I love having it though, but I have done Universal Studios without it, and it's great too. So obviously I love having the pass, but it is expensive. So I don't know that we will add it when we take our family next time, but it is nice to have. So if it doesn't break your budget and that's not a stretch for you, definitely get the Universal Express Pass. But if you can't get it, don't worry about it. You're still going to have a great time. I do think that two days is the way to go when visiting Universal Studios Hollywood. It's a small park. But there's really a ton going on, especially in Super Nintendo World and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So you are going to want to spend some time there exploring all of it. It's really not much more money to add a second day. So we are taking our whole family this summer and we'll be doing the two-day ticket. My kids love Universal Studios. They love Harry Potter. They also love Nintendo. And I don't want to have to rush them through any part of it because of time. So part of the thing that I was trying to, you know, decide when I was there for one day with the Express Pass is when I bring my family, should we do one day and spring for the Express Pass or should we do two days? And hands down, I would rather do two days without the Express Pass because there's so much to see and do. And I don't want to miss anything and I also don't want to rush people around because we're trying to get to other things in the park before it closes. Well, by this time, I was headed to dinner at a new restaurant at Universal City Walk called the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium. I had eaten here back when we were at Universal Studios Orlando a few months ago, and it's a really fun place. It's got this cool steampunk style, and the food is incredible. I'm still daydreaming about the mushroom risotto. It was so good. It was really so, so good. But make sure you save room for dessert, because that might be the best part. I don't know. That mushroom risotto, though, was really good. In fact, 
browse the dessert menu before ordering your entree so that you can make sure that you save room for it. There's tons of dessert choices. They have all kinds of specialty milkshakes that are really fun, but I really love the banana cream pie. It's chocolate vanilla and strawberry ice cream, a whole chocolate drizzled banana, a whole slice of banana cream pie, strawberry chocolate and caramel sauces, chocolate almond bark, whipped topping and rainbow sprinkles. Mm, just so good. It was such a fun day at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, my visit really made me excited to take my family back to Universal in just a couple of months. They love Nintendo and I know it's going to blow their minds. They're going to be so excited about it. If you haven't been to Universal Studios Hollywood, add it to your list. I do recommend that you take your kids when they're a bit older though. There's really not a ton for little ones to do, but it is perfect for older kids, teens, and adults for sure. Now, I use Getaway Today to book all of my theme park vacations. Their tickets are always discounted off the gate price and they have great deals on hotels and their customer service is amazing. They have a great relationship with Disney and Universal Studios and they're authorized ticket sellers for both locations. So you can't go wrong when you book through them and you'll save money. I'll put a link to them in the show description or you can call them at 1-855-GETAWAY and tell them Melissa with Mix and Some Magic sent you for the best deals. Well, I'm heading back to Disneyland tomorrow morning, super early, and I'll be visiting for the first ever Princess Night, which is an after hours event that'll be interesting to check out and fun. It will be fun. <laughs> I'll also be checking out the Food and Wine Festival and testing some Genie Plus and non-Genie Plus strategies. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be busy and fun. And oh my gosh, look at that. Man, this day is flying by. I really should start packing. Uh, you can follow along on my Instagram stories though. There'll be lots of fun. I'm a great Instagram storyer. I may be overstory, but I just want people to feel like they're actually there with me. So I'll put a ton of stories on my Instagram all about Princess Night, Food and Wine Festival, and strategizing with Genie Plus. I will also put a link for my Instagram in the show description so you can check that out. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful week. Don't work too hard. Eat some yummy food. Get some exercise. Give someone a hug. Wishing all good things for you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. It's going to be a good one. Also, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please rate and review. And I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. <laughs>